Toronto Maple Leafs last night made their second consecutive third period comeback down to the New Jersey Devils to turn around with a win. Glass half full or half empty. Nick Kiprios in for Justin Bourne. Done a tremendous job this week, last week as well. Let's welcome in Gord the Goose Stellick. You like that bullpen? I like it. I like it. And this is, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Would you, would you rather be the, the Terminator or the Goose? Because pretty, pretty good relievers in their day. Yeah. Mariano Rivera, another one. Tom Hankey, Terminator. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'm the Goose. I'm nickname, though. I like Goose Gossage. I like Goose Gossage. Yeah. And this is it. This is the last one. So this is the eighth and ninth innings. So this, is, this is when I bring my stuff. I, I gotta, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave here in a puddle. <laughs> I'm going to leave here in a puddle. I'm going to leave it all on the field. That's it. If there's extra innings, Kipper, you got to get someone else. you got to bring a starter in a day early. So last night... Uh, hey, Kipper. Yeah, Sammy. Before we get into the game last night, I want to hype, I have a hypothetical for you two guys, okay? Sammy McKee, our producer. Derek Brandale on board for the next couple hours. Mm-hmm. All right, Sammy. So, let her rip. So let's say this. Austin Matthews wins six championships with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He is the most popular uh, sporting athlete in the history of Toronto. He is the number one guy. People talk about him as amongst as the GOAT of, the, of hockey. He goes to, let's say, Arizona is still a franchise in 15 years. He goes to Arizona. He goes and he leads them to one Stanley Cup. He puts out an Instagram, report, uh, Instagram post saying he's retiring, and he only thanks the Arizona Coyotes, their 5,000 fans at their college stadium. He thanks all of them but he doesn't mention the Toronto Maple Leafs and their fans. How do the Toronto Maple Leaf fans react, fellas? Because that's what Tom Brady did today. And boy, oh boy. You were sitting on that one (laughs) all day, weren't you? You didn't even let me open up the show, man. You are just chomping right now. I had to get it in there. 302. And, of course, big worldwide story out there. Tom Brady officially makes his retirement announcement and uh sure he's not unretired is he unretired by now again i don't know how pissed are the patriots that they got no mention in his original retirement message the fans are so pissed and his was an extensive sammy his was an extensive like uh it wasn't like a two paragraph thing no it was when you go on instagram as yeah. you guys know you can do slides so there's there was five separate slides of him talking about thanking people in tampa people thanking him you know him thanking bruce arians as the coach him thanking every single person in tampa the fans no mention even the new england fans because, you know, okay, something go, you know. Not, th- not, not one mention of anybody. Mm. Nope. But there's been scuttlebutt that maybe there's something else coming down the line, potentially. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. That's like only getting one crack at a first impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's done. It's over. You will never capture that moment again. That was the ultimate F-U to the I, New England Patriots. I agree. Well, to the fans. No, the ultimate. Yeah. It doesn't get any worse than that. <laughs> like you can't you can't go back. 
So the other side of it is they're saying that their fans are saying, well, you know, the, the six championships are pretty good. Thank you. You know, that's yeah. No, that's, but, but, that but uh, why is he? Why is he? I don't understand why he's pissed with them. Okay, we know Bob uh, Kraft, the owner. He, he, he didn't want to leave. I know, but the fans don't control that. They don't. They don't own the New England Patriots. I mean, the fans wanted. He wasn't. He was not booed out of town. No, right? I, I think he's painting everybody with the same brush. Yeah. Jeez. Well, so, you're right. You know, I know someone once who had a thing where they um, had a like if it was going to be a son, the middle name would be after the. The father on one side, if it was going to be a daughter, like the grand granddaughter, then it would be the mom on the other side because one had – anyway, the bottom line is – so they named the middle name after the mom on one side, and later the wonder mother was snubbed, and the guy said, you know what, we blew it. If we said right off the bat two middle names, we could have got them both, right? Could have got them both. But once you do it, you can't after kind of go, hey, and yeah, by the way, we're going to – you know, Nicole, I'll use your name, Nicola, whatever it may be. But anyway, uh, yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surprised because he's he's handled things throughout his career, except for you know Deflate Gate or whatever. Without um, that's lame. That's, so that's not that's not very smart. Sammy, what you're telling us now is when Austin Matthews leaves in uh, three years, oh. um, then you won't be as upset if he doesn't mention those first seven years in Toronto. Listen, if he leaves here with one mug. I don't care what he does once he leaves Toronto. He's not going to Arizona, by the way. No. If he goes anywhere, that's the last place, one of the last places he would go. I would agree. All right. Doesn't want to play in front of 5,000 fans? Well, I mean, it's sellout <laughs> arena. Who wouldn't want to play? Who wouldn't want to play in front of a sellout every night? There's okay. no guarantee 5,000 will show up, Kipper. That's we capacity. We do not agree. <laughs> that's capacity. If they sell out, would be 5,000 when they use when, Arizona When does State. the uh, Austin Matthews uh, official resigning... Watch start next Sammy. year. Oh, sorry. Yeah, stay next year, right? Start next, of year. next year. Yep. Yeah. Eighteen months. Eighteen months is what is is the time frame between now and potentially being eligible to sign a, a new contract. Eighteen yeah. months. That's not a lot of time. Yeah. And when they get really worried is July second. If he's not re-upped <laughs> on July first, the uh, year before <laughs> July second, it starts. It starts to worry. Starts well, to worry. We won't worry about that now. Uh, We'll start with Austin Matthews, fastest player in Leaf history. To re- no, he's not. He's the second fastest. But he's the fastest to start his career. That's right. Yeah. Doug so, Gilmore holds that. Correct. Uh, but not to to start his career. Three hundred and seventy-two games, and 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 noted, Mitch Marner is is right behind him. Right. I mean, that's that's as good as it gets for for two players, franchise type of players now carrying. Uh, the team essentially on their backs. So what was the noise there? Was that your phone or watch? Your phone went, you looked, did you have to take some meds? No, I'm good. Are you okay? I'm good. The Sam any meds for a kipper that normally about three o'clock he forgot to take? That Let me w- look through my drawer here. That was the Apple watch. People are calling me. I didn't hit the uh, the silent okay. button. Is 911 going to find out that you fell somewhere and you're not responding? I've seen that. That's pretty I, I've got uh, pretty you cool. now. I've got you to pick me up now. I don't need that. <laughs> Oh, better, better than the other way around. I, th- I think I just would lie here. That would be it. So last night, not a picture-perfect game by any means. Are we at the point now where we're halfway through the season and what? It's just two points. That's all that really matters because that was that was kind of an ugly game. Kind of shinny. Shinny kind of. You know, you're kind of, you're going, you so you... When there's fans allowed back in, 
And again, every day, the chasm still widens, except for the Pacific Division between the haves and the have-nots. It, j- it just widens. So the New Jersey Devils drill themselves down further, and the Maple Leafs add two points as one of the four teams in the Atlanta Division in the playoffs. So what, you know, what is it? It's like, it's like, it's kind of like shinny. There's, there's no urgency about making the playoffs. You get the two points, which Sheldon Keefe's made clear. You know, you want to get points because ugly wins in the playoffs would have been taken the last couple of years. But yeah, just sloppy game. Kind of a want, you know, kind of the comment, kind of the comments he talked about after the New York Ranger game a little bit, except this time they won Kippy. Just and a horrible start that. What was with that? That uh, that got Jack Campbell pulled. Quality chances, and is it just going back to how good Jack Campbell was? Did they did they give up the same chances and and make the same mistakes? Yet Jack was there in the first half to cover them up, and he's not anymore. And are they now exposed? Well, that that was my one concern is about excellent goaltending, sensational goaltending cures all ills. And then when it becomes ordinary, um, how many how many did it cure? And again, it's still hey, the Leafs are still doing fine standing wise, but Campbell was phenomenal. That's what you know. He was like we're talking about the Vesna Trophy early in the season. He was he was making phenomenal saves, scoring chances, and yesterday there were a lot of blue you know like like blue chip chances that New Jersey got. But also, what is it? The last seven starts, Campbell's stats are like double than goals against average. And that what he had his first twenty three starts, and he's been a lot more ordinary. And maybe it in maybe it hasn't reflected on the points because they played some weaker teams of late. They've been getting the points, but. The way they've been doing them, they had that great run, whatever number of games that was solid D, good depth, all those things. Uh, that hasn't been the case these last couple of games, but it's still a win. We'll have uh, Kevin Woodley join us in the second hour, a writer with the NHL.com and In Goal Magazine, and we'll get a little bit more technical with, with Jack and what he sees and, and maybe a few others uh, around the league. We also got Darcy Tucker Coming up in about 20 minutes, former Toronto Maple Leaf ambassador now uh, for the organization. And, and we'll get uh, his thoughts on Michael Bunting and, and the rest of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And looking again last night, they, they could have probably used a little bit of a, a Darcy Tucker out there to turn a, that, that momentum that they, they gave up so easily uh, to start the hockey game. Uh, but I think it's easy now to say that that Jack is leaking a little bit. Yeah. It's there. Uh, no doubt about that. But Sammy, I know that we exchanged a few notes as we always do throughout the hockey game. And you just thought it was a really bad third goal that buried him. And I, I'm not saying you're completely wrong, but when Lilligren gets blown by like a, a sack of potatoes at the blue line, and now you're on a, on a two on one rush. And I've, I think it was Dermot who slid over. Now, now Jack's guessing. His best case scenario is it slides over to Tatar and he's got an empty net. So he cheats a little bit and he gets burned by Andreas Johansson. But yeah. that, that to me wasn't that horrible of a goal compared to the horrible opportunity you gave New Jersey. Lilligren was plus three though, I think. Again, plus minus is a, a, a stat that, you know, uh, you got you got to interpret a bit, but yeah, I it, it was a terrible start to the game. It was the the Mike Babcock start on timeline that he always said when they were trying to you know grow as a team, 
and they didn't. I, I don't know. Like, again, don't want to make excuses, but there's no crowd. There's no ambiance. There's no whatever. But you still should have no excuses if you're, if you're thinking of, if you're thinking, you know, hey, have, here's, here's one. Have the Florida Panthers, and I'm not dumping on the Maple Leafs, but are they the Maple Leafs now? You know what I'm saying? Like the Maple Leafs of two years ago, three years ago, all that excitement, all those guys burgeoning onto the scene at the same time, all that depth, all that, you know, when you don't have cap issues, Florida doesn't have the cap issues the Leafs have now, or, you know, I, I, it doesn't mean they're going to beat the Leafs. I just mean they remind me so much of when the well, real... It's easy. They can score. Yeah. They're like the Leafs. Yeah. They're the highest scoring team in the league. Did you know that? Yeah. Number one in league points and, right now, too. And with uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. But but getting, same questions. Can they keep the puck out of the net? Yeah. But they got like five lines that are going now. Like it's pretty, like last night when you think about all three of those guys were plus six. Uh, Marchment, uh, you know, and, and Lundell, the rookie, and, uh, and a Sam Reinhardt. I mean... Jonathan Huberto leads the league in scoring. He just had one assist last night. That's the kind of balanced scoring they have, and that's what the Maple Leafs have some nights and want to have. You want to get that balanced scoring so it's not just one or two guys. You know, the other thing that I don't think has been mentioned is, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Mitch Marner got benched. Was it ever... He got benched. He, uh, he, he missed a shift. Yes, he missed a shift. So, Craig, Craig Simpson made a note I of know. it, but never... I don't think ever mentioned that 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 was a message. Well, it didn't come up in the post. Like, I'd like to have heard Keith no respond. One a- no one asked him about it in yeah. the postgame show. Because also you had Ingvall and Kerfoot being flipped a little bit, which, you know, that one I could was a little bit more visible. But did, yeah, was he pissed at Marner and in the first period decided he's going to do, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, accept no mistakes, whatever it may be, because Marner didn't seem in a bad mood after. Who knows underneath? But, yeah, it appeared, it appeared that he got disciplined the only thing i i gathered was that uh on that first shift i think he tried to go up the middle of the ice coughed it up fanned on it didn't get good wood on it and next thing you know kasha's out there with matthews Mm -hmm. and bunting on the next shift i think he got one shift in the first eight and a half minutes his following shift that he comes back on he sets up matthews for the goal Mm -hmm. but i mean that's a ballsy play by a head coach to take a guy that's been pretty good, pretty hot, and maybe use him as a small example there. And not one that Keefe usually goes to. You know, there's definitely coaches around the league that would bench players more likely. Or, But I, I can remember him maybe doing it with Nylander once or twice over his tenure. Uh, you know, he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't play the fourth line much, but that's a different scenario. I don't really feel like he goes to the you miss a shift playbook very often. No. And I agree with you. That I'm telling you. In that that situation, I think it's a pretty gutsy move. And like you said, he came out his next next shift like a ball on fire and set up Matthews. So maybe it worked, but I I don't know. It seemed a little unnecessary. If I'm Mitch Marner, I'm saying, okay, I can suck it up. I can accept that. But if I see someone else make a bonehead play or you feel like it, I want to see other people miss a shift or two. And I'll include Matthews. I'll include Nylander, Morgan Riley. Everybody better be in that same boat. Tavares. Tavares. Okay, let me ask you a question. I've heard being in a dressing room, you're a third or fourth line guy. And the coach that constantly picks on you guys, right? That, you know, and then from time to time, a coach has to say it's easy to pick on the third and fourth line guys every now and then. I have to make the better players accountable, right? I can't just keep whipping. 
these guys. So, in a way, message out there that there is no sacred cow. And there, and if he's going to do this, there has to be, you're right, a consistency, whether it's a Matthews, a Tavares, what have you. Less, lesson being, those are the mistakes that cost you playoff series. Yeah. And those are the good habits that you got 40 games to try to instill more and more and more about those good habits. And that'll get filed away mm-hmm. by Mitch Marner. Be like, okay, but I want to see other guys as well. He didn't make him do a list, though. <laughs> Did not. Did not. No. Uh, I did not Rank see. The guys. Uh, I didn't <laughs> Rank the guys who should miss the shift. I didn't see a paper and pen. <laughs> God, that's a good Would line. it even be paper and pen now? Come on, you have to do Maybe it on a computer. He'd have to text it to you. The iPad. Well, they're always looking at the iPads on the bench. Maybe that's what he was doing. He was well, making make there a list. A, an app for notes on your yeah, yeah. Apple. How would I know? Apple phone? <laughs> yeah. Just hey, do it on there. Kippy, how many guys grab the, um, grab with the, what do you call it? The tablet. Tablet. Just iPad. to look, just to look at their highlight. Like, everyone goes that, um, oh, you know what? They're trying to break down. Kippy's trying to break down that play, whatever. No, Kippy wants to see the fact that he had a glorious scoring opportunity and it just missed, and he hopes his parents are watching and his friends are watching and rewind and watch it again. So we didn't have, uh, of course, iPads when I broke into the league, mm-hmm. but I got uh, picked up by the Washington Capitals, and my first uh, my first stint uh, at the Cap Center was one of the uh, the Jumbotrons or the, yeah. the clocks that, that showed the game live. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's I, didn't, right. I didn't have an iPad. So I'm just watching this thing. I'm not yeah. even watching the game <laughs> until Bondra um, loops in the neutral zone and, and shoots a puck, and I'm watching it on the screen. I'm like, hey, that puck looks like it's coming straight for that. Poof! <laughs> Hits me right in the... <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm watching the screen, and the puck bounces <laughs> off my face. That's like the Friends episode when Ross gets hit in the Ranger game by a puck. Exactly. Yeah. Jeez. Me and Ross together, yeah. and all I remember is falling back. Oh, and we had the benches were right beside each other with the uh, plexiglass between mm-hmm. us. We're playing the Montreal Canadiens, and Guy Carboneau's just laughing his ass off, right, right beside. Yeah, me. and you're not in the mood. No, nah, not in the mood. But take it, your selkie and. No, nah, never. In mind. your defense, that was the darkest arena going the Capital Center. Like, did, did they not pay the electric bill or something? First five people you could see, and then everybody disappeared. It was, just like, it was it like an Arizona game next year. Yeah. <laughs> you could just see the first five rows, I know. and then nobody. Yeah. And they had arcade games on the concourse, because I, I would kill time before the game, because i get there way early, right? So I was the only one. Well, like Frogger? What did you play? Donkey Kong. <laughs> that was my expertise. Whatever. That, that was it. Derek? I need some Donkey Kong uh, sound for Gord. We weren't doing a lot of pre-scouting and stuff like that. I don't know, I don't know why we struggled in the games. <laughs> one one thought on, on, I don't know, maybe Jack or maybe the team in general for the Leafs is that they got hit hard right around Christmas with COVID. It worked out well because they were on uh, the break. Yeah. But... Could that be playing in a little bit for, for some of these guys that it, it, it affects different people in different ways? I mean, I, all I know is Ryan O'Reilly is a hell of a hockey player, uh, but they say when, when he came back after COVID, he could not find his game at all. Zabanajad was another guy who got hit hard yeah. by COVID. The ones that really had that it. Was, that was 100% that it... They were hard on Zabanajad uh, at the beginning of the season, and it took him a long time to come out of it. Could this just be for some of them 
the energy's not there, the focus isn't there. I'm just throwing stuff out right now. But well, it, well, Jack Campbell, he hasn't played enough games. He's out of his groove. They're all out of their groove. They went out west. The worst thing was to go out west, play one game in Edmonton, then they hang out west. Calgary gets canceled. They're in Vancouver for the game, and then it gets canceled, you know, or postponed. And all, all of a sudden, you got a whack of them. And by the way, you're off till Christmas. And you know the way, you, you know, when you're training, when you're an athlete at that level, you, the structure you have, the regimen you have and that. And, hey, they're there. And that's why Sheldon Keefe said to us last week when he joined us on the show that, you know, like they, they need more reps. You know, he says, like, it's like American Hockey League. You're off for five days and play two weekend games. And that's what it's been of late. So, you know, in Jack Campbell's case, Peter Morazic, you know, giving him a bit of a break. He doesn't need a break. None of them need a break. They want. They need the routine. Oh, it's it's funny that we've talked about the the least way we've talked about them for the past month. And you'd think that they were had a big time losing record in the month and the way that they've blown leads and had teams go up big on them. But I think they're with an eight two and one in January. Like they had a really good month here record wise. I think you can maybe get a little bit upset at the process, but they really did have a good month in terms of record, and they're still banking points, although they're, like you said, they're 10 mm-hmm. points. They're 10 points behind the the Cats right now, which I know they have five games in hand, but still, they're really, they're really going. So I think the one complaint with these slow start games, and a lot of it I still swear has to do with the fans, and I really, I really go back and harp on that, but I think it's been a bit of a trend over the Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander era, that if there is a excuse for a slow start or if there is a, you know, given a reason to have a slow start playing a lesser team on the second half of a back-to-back, if there's an excuse, they may take it. And I feel like that has kind of been something that's been a bit of a, a trend throughout this sort of tenure of Leaf hockey. And I'm not saying, look, they've won a ton of games, but that, to me, as a fan who's watched them throughout it, is something that's kind of bled into their game that if there's an excuse, they will take it. Jack Campbell has been known after games like this to be very hard on himself. I don't believe that there is anything... Uh, uh, he didn't talk to the media he, last night. Well, there Razzle you go. Did. Okay, so they didn't make him available, which was probably a good thing. Uh, but Sheldon Keefe certainly had uh, some interesting things to say about Jack Campbell's performance last night. Let's have a listen. Well, I think we've talked about it before. You know, Jack's, Jack hasn't played to the same level that he's established for himself. But our team has not played at the same level in front of him. And it's not nearly good enough. You got a you know, goaltender, like I said, has been the backbone of our team. And, um, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to you know, get back in that groove here. It's it's been a much different uh, uh, you know d- different routine, different rhythm for him. We went from playing basically every other night, uh, you know, through the first 30, 35 games or whatever it is, uh, up until Christmas, and then since then there hasn't been a lot of games, and uh, the rhythm's been really disrupted. He's had lots of rest, lots of time between games, <clears throat> and he's trying to find his game, uh, and uh, he will find his game. But our guys have got to help him out, and we just have not done that, and that's that's disappointing. Since returning from COVID. 3.25 goals against average, 8.59 save percentage. Doesn't cut it in the NHL. He cuts it, but doesn't cut it. And 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 that's why, you know, good on Sheldon, not, not trying to say, oh, no, he's been, you know, playing well that. No, he hasn't. But he's also saying the team, and those were really good scoring chances last night. 
Great A. I mean, those were, it wasn't like he let soft goals in. So I think that eight minutes or whatever was encapsulated what Sheldon Keefe is articulating there about Jack Campbell. Because uh, Jack Campbell was making those saves. He was making ridiculous saves. You can't expect him to make ridiculous saves all the time, but uh, he was doing that for a lot of the season. Kevin Woodley will be joining us at the top of the hour to talk about uh, maybe some technical issues or some concerns or why all of a sudden pucks are going through him that we didn't see in the first half. Uh, interesting to hear his comments. The other thing, guys, that probably hasn't been talked about at all is he's going to the NHL All-Star Weekend. That, 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 there's no upside for a goalie at those things. There isn't. It's true. It is. It's horrible. Yeah. It's stressful. Well, I don't know. Stressful. No, let me tell you something. You got the best shooters in the world. It's stressful. Okay? It is. You don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want these guys showing you up. But who remembers? You don't want to be deeped out of your jock strap. But who who remembers that stuff? I don't know. It's like three on three hockey. I guess the goalie. Oh, no, 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 no. The fans wouldn't remember it. Nobody remembers anything from an all-star game anymore. Oh, no, no, no. You're so wrong. What? I can't remember. I don't watch it. It's a concern to teams. So much so that Calgary didn't want Markstrom going. I don't want my goalie to get hurt. Well, it's all I worry. It's it's just, again, more stress. Well, come on. You got go have fun. Go have fun there. Whatever. Go play. It's How shitty. can it be fun for a the weekend? Goalie? The weekend's fun. You got hospitality lounges. You're hanging with the guys. You're an all-star. You're in the good weather, camaraderie. Then you go play. Nobody remembers anything the next day. Come on. John Scott's the only name anybody that's remembers a, from the last I'm 10 sorry, years. I love you, but that's a load of crap. Oh, I don't care if you Goalies love me or not. remember. Okay, okay maybe they do, okay. but then, okay, tell me a goalie that has, um, you know, since, since a bad all-star game three-on-three performance has just kind of gone off the cliff career-wise. We'll get to our producer to get all the numbers. Okay, yeah. post-All-Star, who sucked after that because of the psycholo- a, psychological damage. Even Stevie Fellin can't find that stuff. <laughs> Here's a parallel for you. So you'll draw, I'll draw this a, a cross-sport parallel. Is it like teams not wanting their sluggers to go participate in the home run derby because it changes their swing, it changes the way they, they, they play the game? Like that parallel or no? Yes. Oh. If someone's that fragile. Worse for goalies. Oh, come on. Go play beer league if you're that fragile. What do you mean? Hey, you get lots of shots. If you don't go, maybe you should send Morazic instead. Yeah. He needs the work. Go instead of Jack Campbell. Jack, have fun. Go to the party. Give Peter some work. How about that? All set. Season ticket holder. Just sit in your seat. Eat, drink your beer. Eat your popcorn. We talk about me. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm at the if I'm at the games, I'm up in the press box with Leafs Nation and that. I uh, I barely fit in the seats right now. I got a I got I got. <laughs> I need room up there, don't I, Sammy? Uh, we uh, hopefully they get rid of a lot of us do a lot of oh yeah, yeah never mind we we'll leave that but a lot of us yeah. need room up there yeah but no I I you know quickly before we get to Tucker and I I had this thought sort of thinking about when I was watching the game last night, we mentioned that Matthews was the fastest player in Leaf history to reach 400. Kipper mentioned that to, to begin his NHL career. And Marner now needs nine points in his next 29 games to be the third fastest to start a career. I, you know, there's been playoff, whatever. It's been upsetting to see them not get past the first round. I understand that. I understand that side of it. But I watched a lot of bad Leafs hockey in my life as a fan, and I do find myself over the past little while watching these guys play, you really do have to appreciate 
the amount of talent that plays the Toronto Maple Leafs. My whole life it was, oh, what are they going to do? Where are they going to find a number one center? Now they have two guys down the middle. When are they going to get a top-scoring winger? Now they have two guys that do it. It's just I do find myself appreciating it when now that I'm in the moment a little bit more. The skill level is extraordinary. Yeah. And, Gord, you've it's been around. Yeah. Well, we've been around a long time now. You're a little older. <laughs> it is remarkable. Yeah. Uh, that, that that skill that we see, and, and it's bailing them out. That game, to me, and I think Sheldon maybe made a comment that they they didn't deserve to win. I would probably think a loss last night would have served them better than the comeback. But it's that skill that we're talking about that continues to... Uh, make up for their their defensive woes. Okay, the year before Austin and Mitch started, who was the only Leaf to get 20 goals? Yeah. Any idea? Only Leaf. They scored score 20, 20 goals, goals in the season the year before Austin Matthews and Mitch. Yes, right, P.A. Parento. Way to go, Derek. P.A. Parento. So that year, there wasn't the skill you know, out there. And also, they would have lost games they should have won, right? They're on the flip side. So the Leafs back then, the opposing team would have won a few that the Leafs played better. So it just shows when the different skill. P.A. Parento, the only Leaf to get 20. He did it the last weekend of the season. What's ever become of? That was the year the Leafs were P.U. What's, I know. It's right. They were trying to come dead last. And they succeeded. But the big one was winning the lottery. But anyway, I just mean now you go watch. And, and I like with the talent of Matthews especially. I mean, that's something you really appreciate, whether it's a sloppy game or a great game. We do marvel at that skill level. No questions asked, but it would be nice if they could just sprinkle the infield with a little Darcy Tucker. Yeah, a lot, Darcy a, Tucker. A lot. Let's bring him in right now. Uh, a little or a lot, Darcy, if you, in a perfect world, could add to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, a little. I think that that skill uh, that they have in that hockey club is just ridiculous. Uh, you look at uh, the number of guys that uh, can not only put the puck in the net, but uh, the things that they can do um, with their sticks and stealing pucks. I watch Matthews, and it's crazy how he can just strip a guy from the puck without even touching uh, him with his body. It, it, it's crazy. I could never do that. I was way too small. So the psyche of playing in Toronto, Darcy, for, uh, like, you're on a team when it was really good, and now we're getting a team that's really good once again. So you get the incredible recognition, which is great and can be a pain. You get the adulation. You get treated with kid gloves in many ways, but also, like we're doing now, we're starting to nitpick, right, a little bit about, hey, they're winning, but, you know, they came back from two goal deficits, whatever. How do you balance all that as a player in a market like this? Um, sometimes it's difficult. You know, as a player, you, you have to find ways to take your mind away from the rink. And, uh, you know, I was lucky uh, playing here in Toronto. Um, you know, my kids were at the age where I was starting to take them to the rink. Um, you know, I was able to spend time with them and get my mind away from, you know, the day-to-day -day routine that comes along with Toronto, the grind of, you know, having to you know, speak with the media after every practice and, and those sorts of things. So I think it's just as important to get away from the rink and, and have some other hobbies or things that you enjoy uh, to make it easier uh, when you do go to the rink. And, you're, and you feel good when you go back because you're re rejuvenated and re-energized. 
We're speaking with Darcy Tucker, former Toronto Maple Leaf, 947 games in the National Hockey League. When we look at the Leafs, um, and, you know, we I mentioned it off the top, uh, th- there isn't a player like you right now. Uh, and we can appreciate even Wayne Simmons in the year he's having compared to last year, much better. But, Darcy, when, when you're in the neighborhood of six to eight minutes a night, you, you hope that you could find something uh, in, in the in the top two lines that could play 15, 17 minutes. Right now, the closest guy may be Michael Bunting. And I, I know you're a fan, um, but just uh, give us your assessment of what you see out of uh, Bunting's game so far this year. I, I like his game. Um, you know, I think he has the, the hockey sense to play with uh, really skilled players. Um, you know, obviously, the game's changed, Skipper, as you know, since... Uh, we played the game or I played it at, at the end of my career. Um, you know, it, you, you got to be very careful what you do on the ice and you can't be in those situations to put your team uh, at, a, at a risk of taking a penalty. So I think he walks the line pretty good. Um, when I played for the Leafs, we were fortunate to have an abundance of guys like that. Uh, almost like if you put the two teams together, uh, you'd have uh, the perfect team. Um, you know, you had guys like Roberts and, Corson and Ty and, um, you know, the guys that we brought in uh, with the leadership roles and Neuendijk, uh, you know, we, we, we really had that, uh, that mix of grit and, and fairly skilled. But, man, if you could put uh, uh, someone like Austin to, to protect Mats, uh, it'd be the best of both worlds. Wouldn't that be a team? So the next factor, Darcy, and you're probably you're the wrong guy to ask because it was the oppo- opposing team that felt what the current Leaf team has had now about whatever that it factor is to have playoff success. Now, you guys, for example, own the Ottawa Senators, who generally were a better regulation team, regulate regular season team, but then you could almost see it in their eyes when the playoffs began. Well, like, what can you do in the regular season to kind of grow that, that the Leafs, once again, don't go in with the trepidation the Ottawa Senators used to when they played you guys? Um, I don't know, to tell you the truth. I, th- I think it's just a mindset. Uh, at least that, for me, that's what it was personally. I, you know, I could flip the switch uh, come playoff time. Um, you know, I could have a poor regular season and uh, flip the switch and have a great uh, postseason. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think, I think it's just something that you, you live for as a hockey player. You should want to live for is that opportunity to uh, compete for the Stanley Cup. Um, at the end of the day, um, you know, the will part of it is uh, extremely important. Um, that's how we won those series. We had uh, an extreme amount of will. But, you know, we, we expended way too much energy trying to beat Ottawa each and every year uh, that we couldn't quite get over the hump once we got past them. Um, and the time that we did, um, we ran into a goalie that was five foot three and stopped everything. So we, we couldn't seem to get over that hump uh, when it came to uh, getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. But I really believe in this team. I... You know, I, I hear all the, the, the things being said, and I, I listen to it, and I watch the team, but I really have a strong belief that if they can get their uh, bottom six to buy into a role where they're physical and hard to play against and they feel important, I think they have a really good hockey club when it comes to their top-end guys. So let's have to see how it plays out. But, I mean, you know, th- this uh, division that they're playing in is <laughs> is pretty darn good, uh, to say the least. So uh, bottom six, you don't think they're they're – uh, physical enough or they're hard enough to play against right now? I, I just think that it, it, sometimes it's hard when you go from, you know, you're an older guy and you go from being a, you know, a 17, 18 minute 
a guy to, you know, now playing eight, nine minutes. It's hard to really amp yourself up to, I, I did it when I was in Colorado. It's really hard to amp yourself up to, to get yourself uh, into that physical uh, mentality. And you got to feel important. You got to feel like you're part of uh, something and, uh, and that you're, everything that you're doing to help the hockey club is just as important as the, the guys that are, you know, you know, scoring hat tricks and, and doing uh, those things where they are playing 20 minutes a night. So that balance has got to be key for, for a hockey club like Toronto to, uh, to be successful in the playoffs. And I think they will. I, I really believe that. I think they have the guys in those roles that uh, understand and they're just going to get better as the year goes on um, as they know what their role and it becomes more defined for them. Darcy, you might be the perfect guy, perfect guy to ask uh, this this too, because uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Sheldon Keefe made the comment at a New York Ranger game that uh, they were a soft team to play against. And here we are last night, and I don't know if you saw that incident between Michael Bunting and P.K. Subban, uh, but they went at it in front of the net, and then P.K. was all in, wanted to fight him, shook his gloves, and Bunting wanted nothing to do with it. And I, for me, it wasn't about Bunting wanting to drop his gloves and fight P.K. Subban, but I would have liked him to hang in there a lot more. And even worst-case scenario, you pull him off uh, and, and go to the box together for roughing penalties or, you know, face washing, whatever. But I, I think, for me personally, Bunting missed an opportunity there. Or am I too far removed? It's 2022 and Bunting didn't need to go there at all. Love your thoughts. Um, well, it's it's difficult, Kipper. We have a, a certain mindset towards the game, and I don't think that's ever going to leave uh, our mentality. You know, I I think he's done a great job uh, personally in in the way he's carried himself. He, you know, I got in a lot of trouble from time to time because I would have been the guy punching first instead of uh, uh, the other way around. So I would put myself in positions where maybe. I shouldn't have uh, done it. And then I was in the box and the other teams in the power play and the momentum switches again. But at the end of the day, you look at the game, the way it's played now, um, you got to have guys like that on your team, guys that are willing to go to those dirty areas and do the hard things and uh, play a competitive game, uh, but walk the line uh, uh, on the right side of it. And I think he does uh, a masterful job of it because he's always around the puck and he's always seeming to to be uh, making people mad. So um, yeah, if that's his role, I think that he's doing a pretty good job doing it. Now, dropping the gloves, that aspect of it, listen, there's not many guys in the game anymore that are, are, are built that way. So, And now we're getting we're honking going on and everything on the – can't drive on the highway here anymore, boys. Are you in Parliament? Where are you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was <laughs> – I'm in Ottawa. No. <laughs> called Alfie and, uh, and asked him if I could sleep over. I was coming down. No, I'm on one. <laughs> Hang in there. Uh, the, so, so as you deal with all the honking and that, you talk about your style because they play it on the, the Jumbotron. I don't have to call it a Jumbotron anymore. So you got to remind me because you talk about you taking on or someone taking on P.K. Subban if he challenges you. Remind me what it was, that great one, about you taking on 18 people. in Was it the Ottawa bench or what was it? The game, the game that's Darcy Tucker versus 18. It's like the ultimate, ultimate wrestling match. Yeah, uh, Travis Green took a penalty in Ottawa. And I think we were one and six, uh, and that was game whatever it was leading into the playoffs near the, the trade deadline. And 
um, Travis was yelling at their bench, and I, I just the wires touched for whatever reason. The momentum needed to change in that uh, the way we were playing them that year, and and uh, we needed to get some of that swagger back. So I decided to uh, take as many punches off the top of my head as I possibly could <laughs> from 18 guys. I I still have uh, uh, lumps on the top of my head from where Chris Neal was punching me and. It was even so bad the trainer threw a punch and hit me in the top of the head uh, from their team. So, um, needless to say, it was probably not the smartest thing to do. I got five games for it. Uh, you probably get 25 nowadays. But um, listen, the momentum changed after yeah. that uh, for for whatever reason. Um, and I believe, you know, if, if you look back uh, at that, how that series started uh, when we did play them in the playoffs. Um, we had some swagger to us uh, again, and, and sometimes you just need to have that. You just need to have that uh, that bit of swagger. Sometimes it's not, you know, like I wasn't the biggest guy. I wasn't the toughest guy. I never was, you know, going to beat anybody up. But I just needed to let everybody know that uh, uh, I was going to be in the battle, and if you want to come with me, uh, jump jump on. So Jack Nicholson, those crazy eyes was the movie? Uh, yeah, my uh, I think it's the shiny. The but shiny. I, I shiny, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my kids think I look like Jack now, uh, and I probably do. Uh, COVID's really uh, helped me out uh, with uh, the eating process here, and uh, so they call me Baby Jack now. So uh, I- I'm sure I'll get there eventually. The hair- hairline's going in the right direction anyway, boys. Oh, listen, um, you were, like, uh, separated at birth when you got those crazy <laughs> eyes going. We, yeah. we we do miss that, though. That uh, But the-, the kids do now look at us and... Probably if you ever saw that video again with your kids, they'd look at you like you, you have three heads, like you should be in jail or something for acting like that. Yeah, there's times where I tell my older boys down in the uh, States playing NCAA now, and uh, I tell them, listen, you got to be a little bit more physical, and you got to do some of these things. And he just, he goes, he's like, Dad, the game, that's not the game anymore. I've seen your videos. If I acted like you, I wouldn't be playing very much. So um, they, they know, trust me, they know when they – when they when I give them the look, they know what's coming. So you know you're there with you know Gary Roberts and others uh, and revered by Maple Leaf fans. And there's uh, guys that go one name: Daryl Boria, who I loved, Wendell, Dougie. You played with Mats. Talk about Austin and what's special about this number one overall pick. Who's the next one? Yeah, his his stick control is uh, amazing. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a guy with that great of stick control and uh, that ability to steal pucks. Like I, I played with O'Reilly his first year in Colorado. He's really good at uh, taking pucks away without uh, using his body. And Austin's the best I've ever seen at it. Uh, he just finds a way to just flip the guy's stick uh, above the puck and steal it all in one motion. Um, it's not a teachable thing. You, those are things you you learn growing up, uh, you know, playing ball hockey with a tennis ball or, or just out back stick handling, uh, with, with pucks. And it, it's just time. It's just the, you know, the repetition and, and understanding and, and doing that. And then his shot is his release of the puck, um, is, you know, Joe Sackick, I put it to him in Colorado as well. And Joe could put the puck wherever he wanted to. Austin's got that talent and that uh, ability to do that. So, um, you know, he's a generational talent. Uh, you know, beyond Matt's, um, you know, it, I, I, I've never played with a guy that uh, draws so many people to him with his ability uh, to put the puck in the net. Is this, is this a team that uh, 
still needs to find one or two defensemen for you personally to to know what it takes to to win in the playoffs, or can they outscore their opponents? It's always tough to outscore your opponent in the playoff kip. You know that. Uh, you know it's it gets tighter, it gets harder checking. Um, things become really, really confined. Um, and you know that's that's where you know a guy guys uh, on defense that play that physical brand of hockey, the Webers. Uh, those types of players become really important at playoff time. You know, obviously, if you can get Muzzin back and get him to his health and get him, you know, playing the way, you know, he's capable of playing. Eh? This is a guy that won a Stanley Cup, and he was Drew Doughty's, like, basically uh, other arm. You know, he did things on the ice and made uh, and allowed Drew to do whatever he wanted out there when they won the Stanley Cup. So you get him back, and then you add into the mix, hopefully with another strong defenseman, uh, that would be great. But who that guy is, uh, you know, this year it's it's a lot different than it has been in previous years where, you know, there's a lot of teams that are looking like they're out of the playoff hunt already. So maybe you can get a guy like that in your lineup and get him acclimatized to playing together with the, his defense partner. A little under, what, seven weeks to the trade deadline. So uh, I'm sure Kyle, many other general managers, uh, getting to work uh, on a daily basis to try to find those types of guys. Hey, Darcy, really appreciate this, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, guys. Long time no talk. Uh, Hope everybody's doing well and stay safe. Don't be a stranger. Darcy Tucker, everybody, from The Shining. From So see him in the hood, kind of. And uh, he was a player agent for a bit. Right. Yeah. And then now he's more like doing the he's uh, he's an ambassador for the Toronto Maple Leaf Hockey Club, which is great. And uh, doing like corporate stuff and that and coaching hockey. Right. Coaching hockey at a high level. Yeah. That's OK. There you go. Yeah. You don't run into people anymore. That's the problem. Like he says that, yeah. about you know, the covid world, like yeah. you'd, I'd run into him at a rink. I'd run into him, whatever. And you just don't anymore. He, Sammy, he's really given into the the game's changed. Yeah. And I think he's right. It has changed a lot. The, the I got news for you. Yes. It didn't change that much from what I saw last night. I'm sorry. Well, that's a different sport than what I grew up watching. Okay. And he named off a few guys. And he's like, he's naming off guys. Corson, Edge. Mm-hmm. Darcy, Edge. Wendell, Edge. Roberts. Roberts, Edge. They all played with an edge. I look at the Leafs last night and I go, skill, world class. Best on the planet. Edge? Not so much. Yeah. Who, who's got edge? But that game, I mean, that game called for zero edge. There was zero edge to that game. But I, I do think in how many edgy games have they played this year? They don't. I know. But they, choose, they, they, they don't have that lineup. But the thing is, I, I hate to harken back to certain games, but the one game that really got greasy, they acted greasy in that Winnipeg game. You think about that game and the, the game that called for edge, a game that was... Okay. Yeah. They can, can, acted... Can we play one more between well, then and now? I think... Just one? I think, Give me one edge? I think they have the horses to play edgy hockey. I really do. I want yeah. horses back there. <laughs> but I don't... Edgy horses. Edgy... Hey, you guys want to hear a funny story about... Dark horses. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. What's going on? I don't so, even know who's talking. Or so, not. what a funny Darcy Tucker story. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So, well, by the way, we'll decide if it's funny. Yes. Okay. No one can ever say I got a funny story. And it story. better be yeah. right now. There's a ton now of we're pressure on harder, you right yeah. now. So, uh, I have a couple of really good friends of mine uh, who are diehard Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Shocking and, already. Yeah, I know. Really, really shocking start. And back in the day, they bought a cell phone off of I forget, like off of Craigslist or off Kijiji. They bought like a flip phone. 
And in the flip phone was Darcy Tucker's phone number was in the was in the phone. And they would call Darcy after every game and they would call him and he would answer and they would talk about the lease game with him. And they eventually he had to change his number because they called him so many times. So there you go. There's so, a funny story about Darcy. He actually it, picked up the phone for a, for a long time and talked to these two idiots about the you game. You don't know me, but let's talk for the next 20 minutes. And he would. He talked to them. Well, that's a nice side. That's a nice accommodating. I can't believe they kept at it. But <laughs> they kept, yeah, he's yeah. probably well, thinking, actually, come on. If you knew these guys, you would believe I'm it. Just, right. I'm just shocked that Darcy was that lonely back Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> feel bad now. Does he have any right? friends? Does Darcy, is he lacking friends? Did he sound a bit down when you called him? Is know. he driving around alone Did in he that answer convoy? And say, so, what took you guys so long? So <laughs> I, I, doubted, I doubted this story. But back in the day on the Walker show uh, that used to be on The Fan, they had Tucker Tuesdays. He would come on every day. And Bunkus, who used to be the producer of that show, ended up asking about that story, and it was true. So there you go. little funny Darcy Tucker story that I wanted to share. He was we talked to him about doing Leafs Nation post game. Yeah. And he just he just couldn't make it work. He was keen. Like and that's why he was doing a little bit of the media stuff. He would have been great. I think that's when we brought Savvy in. It was yeah. after Halushko. Mm. And uh anyway, it's just nice to have Darcy in town and nice to have those guys as ambassadors to represent Edge, to represent to represent a little bit about everything. You know, that stuff matters. It'll matter more when everyone can be again, you know, visually seeing each other again. I, I don't own a ton of Leafs jerseys, but I do own a Darcy Tucker Leafs jersey. Uh, I'm one of my favorite players of all time. So there you go. And just, yeah, and, and not the biggest guy in the world, and no, he said no. it. Not not the toughest, all but he, there, he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't ever not show up. Mm -hmm. Right? But and the, that's what the Leaf fans remember. Well, he reminded me about, I forgot he got a five-game suspension for that, but he, he's, he's right. The Leafs were getting killed by Ottawa in the regular season, and they needed to change the narrative. And he took that, and so that's what Edge can, you know, that's where I want sampling of Edge. You don't need Nazem Kadri to go after, yeah. you know, fight the battle, and that's been the wrong yeah. thing, unfortunately. Just just about. Yeah. The Winnipeg game's a great example, and a great example. So exactly. And let, let's have a couple more. Sammy says we got Jason Spezza. He is our... Oh, come that's on, it. Kipper. He's... That's it. That's a different edge. That's what you're telling me. No, no. no. Jason, Jason Spezza right? has edge. It's a he different does. edge. But they have... It's a different have edge. edge. But yeah. They have He's probably who... showed more edge than anybody. Yeah. They can bring it, but they can bring in Clifford, who has an edge. They can bring in Richie. They can, you know, Simmons, if push comes to shove. They got guys that can play that game. They're not completely right. lack... It's not the, the old bottom six that they used to put out there with the Kapanins and the Janssens and... And the Freddie Goches, that bottom six is gone. I know yep. they don't play as hard as they they that you might want them to, but they do have the ability to play with some edge. Number ones. one edge, Kippy, is skill. That's the best edge. You got to have that edge. Skill. They've got plenty. So, of I it. know, but that's that's edge. That's they've about skill. Exhausted trying to chase them down. Exhausted trying to you know whatever. And they've got that. So you cannot discount that. I understand about the other part, but man, if you don't yep. have the first part. You can have all the uh, physical edge you want. You're not going anywhere. Well, and they're, they've got to stop giving up so many goals. So we'll get into uh, that with Kevin Woodley, a writer for NHL.com and Ingle Magazine. He's going to come back after the break, and we'll discuss Jack Campbell and what he sees. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born with my good friend, Gord Stellick.